1: our podcast true crimes and story times i am kirsten i'm michelle and um this is coming to you a little late about a week late
0: actually. yeah
1: um we had some we just had some stuff going on mm-hmm. so we had to take a week off again but we're back it's for fine. real this time everything is fine yeah um and today i am going to give you the long-awaited Ballisca axe murder case I am so excited to do this case. It has literally been on my list of cases to do for the podcast since we started. I think it was like the very first one that I called dibs on. I was like, I'm doing this case. Don't look into it.
0: (laughs) Even though I had already heard about it, but it's fine. It's
1: a pretty, it's a pretty famous case. Um, but if you don't know, um, it happened in Villisca, Iowa, obviously, it is the Willisga Axe murder. And this happened on June 9th to 10th in 1912. So, over 100 years ago. That's crazy. Um, we are going to be talking about the Moore family. Um, Josiah Moore was the father. He was 43 at the time. Sarah Moore was the mother. She was 39. And they had four children. Okay. Herman was the oldest. He was 11. Mary Catherine was 10. Arthur was 7. And Paul was 5. This family was very well known and well liked in their community. Um, They were all farmers. They helped a lot with their neighbors. It was a very small town. Everybody Mm -hmm. got along, everybody knew everybody. Um, Josiah even owned a popular business, a popular little store in the town. Um, so, yeah, everybody liked them. They had no enemies. Okay. Or, or so it seemed that way. hmm But on the evening of June 9th, 1912, the Moore family attended a children's church program at the Presbyterian Church in Veliska. After the program was over, Mary Catherine Moore, one of the daughters, invited Ina and Lena. Ina was eight and Lena was twelve stillinger to stay the night with them okay they were gonna get up and go to church the next day um and then like visits their grandparents or something so they were gonna stay the night with mary catherine and then leave in the morning to go to church all right the moore family and ina and lena stillinger left the church around nine thirty p.m that night after the children's services And they got back to the house at to the Moore house between 9 45 and 10 o'clock p.m now they do live on a farm so they have to get up early to take care of their animals and stuff so everybody pretty much went straight to bed they did all their things and went to bed gotcha that night though all the power in the whole town had been cut off which was not usual the town was kind of in like a feud with the electricity company. Mm-hmm. I don't know what exactly it was about, but the electricity company decided to cut the power for that night. Hmm. It wasn't during the day or anything. It was just like from the time they went to bed to the time they got up, mm-hmm. like a few hours throughout the night. But only this one night. Interesting. Yeah. So, it was pitch black outside. It's 1912. There's not street lamps or anything, and, and even if there were, the power's shut off. Mm-hmm. So it's absolutely pitch black outside, pitch black in the house. Can't see anything. But since everyone was in bed, it didn't really matter.
0: Yeah, it's like when you go to bed and no one... you wake up and like something's blinking, and you're like, "Oh, did the power go out last night?" Yeah, like that's happened a few times around here.
1: Right. No one was really like wandering the streets. It was a really safe mm-hmm. town. Nobody locked their doors. Because they didn't have that's to. That's how it
0: always starts. Yeah, It's a safe town and nobody locks their doors. People. Yeah. Lock your fucking doors. Okay? I, please. Please. Because that's what they always start out with in these fucking stories. I'll never forget. I think I've
1: mentioned this on the
0: podcast you mentioned before. this multiple times. I already uh, know what I'm you're about to say. I'm mentioning it again. The guy that he was like, if, if the, the window... window or the door is unlocked, I'm invited in. Yeah. And... It's,
1: it's like an invitation for anybody mm-hmm. to come in. No, it's no, not. No, the fuck it ain't. Stay the fuck out of my house.
0: So anyway, it's well, the same. They'll stay out <laughs> of your house if the windows are locked, exactly, and the doors are locked.
1: But I've also heard, if somebody wanted to get into your house, they would. They'd find a way in,
0: mm. which always that's really rings doubtful in the for back me. Of my bro. Head. That's really doubtful for me. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna say anything. I feel like there's a possibility if I really thought about it, but like I don't think anybody's actually going to. I live out in the middle of fucking nowhere. That's true. That's true. So. But then I live in like the middle of the town. Also, I have a neighbor right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Not likely. They're really going to hear something. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. We don't have to theorize about people breaking into our homes because tonight I'm going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> same. Same. So anyway, it's a, it's
1: a really safe town. hmm 1912. Everybody gets along.
0: That's where they fucked up. Okay.
1: So the next morning, it's June 10th. It's about 7 a.m.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the neighbors of the Moors, her name was Mary Peckman. Peckham. Sorry. Peckman? Peckham. <laughs> um, she noticed that the Moors hadn't got up yet. Mm-hmm. All of the curtains were closed in their house. Nobody had gone out to, like, feed the chickens or anything. And this was unus- unusual.
0: Yeah, they, especially if they were going a church that day.
1: Yeah, they have a farm that they need to tend to. They have mm-hmm. things that need to be done. This was not... You know, a time where people slept till noon. hmm Everybody was up at the crack of dawn to do their
0: chores. hmm
1: So, then being not up was unusual.
0: Man, I know what it's like. I so, don't be sleeping in. Man. Except for on Sundays. And Kirsten's got kids, so.
1: I never sleep in. <laughs> so, Mary was like, I better go check on them. So, she goes and knocks on the door, but no one answers. hmm So, she's like, man, like, what is going on? Where mm-hmm. are they? So, she went ahead and, like... Well to their animals for that was nice of her like i said everybody likes them everybody gets along Mm -hmm. and neighbors help each other so she lets out the chickens you know feeds the animals and calls josiah's brother ross josiah moore's brother the father and she's like you know they're not up they're not answering the door i don't want to break in yeah and he's like well try and like open the door so she tries to open the door, but it's locked. Mm-hmm. Nobody locks their doors. But the doors are locked. So now she's like, okay, this is definitely weird.
0: Yeah, because a burglar or whoever went in and locked the door while they were mm-hmm. doing whatever they were doing. And then they, didn't, they locked it when they left. So um, Ross Moore came and
1: tried to knock on the door again, try and get their attention. Still no one answered. Mm-hmm. So he, I think he found a key that was outside the house. And I think it was actually in the keyhole, in, like, the back door, Mm. because they often left it in the keyhole. And so he found it and unlocked the door and let himself in. Mary Peckham stayed on the porch while Ross went in to see if they were sleeping. She didn't want to, like, intrude or anything. Mm -hmm. So he entered the guest bedroom, which was the only bedroom that was on the ground floor. This was, like, a two-story farmhouse style house gotcha so there's a guest bedroom on the bottom floor and then there's a master bedroom and the kids bedroom upstairs okay so he enters the guest bedroom and he found the bodies of Ina and Lena Stillinger on the bed and they were very clearly not alive so Ross got out the house and he told Mary Peckham to call Hank Horton who was Feliska's primary law enforcement officer and what I read, it was called a peace officer. I okay. guess it was just like, it's a very small town.
0: Mm-hmm. But he's
1: like the highest type of police highest officer.
0: Highest ranked, yeah. yes.
1: So Hank came and searched the house and found that the entire Moore family and the two Stillinger sisters had been bludgeoned
0: to death. Crazy.
1: So you mur- had enough
0: strength to do all that. Yeah. You
1: know? Just wait. It gets crazier. Just, it gets crazy. I think I remember some of it. So the murder weapon was obviously an axe. That belonged to Josiah. And it was found in the guest bedroom where the Stillinger sisters were. Doctors determined that the murders had taken place between midnight and 5 a.m. They couldn't really put an exact time on it. Again, it's 1912. They Mm -hmm. don't really have the technology that we do now. Right. But they did determine it was sometime in the middle of the night. There were two used cigarettes in the attic. That is suspected the killer or killers had smoked while they were waiting up there for the family to go to bed, but then, like, it wasn't, they weren't there anymore when they did another search. So, it might have been, like... What if the
0: kids were sneaking off to smoke cigarettes or something, you know?
1: It was, it was kind of, Mm -hmm. like, some sources say that there were cigarette butts Mm -hmm. there. Some say that they weren't found. Mm -hmm. So, it was kind of not known. The police determined that the parents had been targeted first, the killer or killers wanted to take out the biggest threat, which would be the parents. The axe that the killer used was swung with so much force and so high above the killer's head that it left gouges in the ceiling and in the walls above the bed, um, but it's a, the ceilings weren't very high, mm-hmm. so...
0: I wonder, I mean, like, if that happened, wouldn't it get stuck you'd have to, like, pull it back out? Well... I'll get into it. I'll get
1: into okay. it. Okay. So, the police determined that the killer must have been left-handed, judging by the blood spatter and the gouges in the ceiling, the way they were angled and whatever. Did he just use one hand? I don't, but if you're left... No, but if you're left-handed, you're going to swing a certain way. If I'm right-handed, I'm swinging this way. If you're left-handed, you're probably going to swing, like, from the l- left. Oh, okay. Yeah, that so, makes sense. yeah. Josiah received the most blows um from the axe being hit more than 30 times and everybody else was hit at least 20 so it, they were all bludgeoned pretty badly mm-hmm. to the point where they couldn't identify them by their face
0: they just knew who was there
1: and yeah they knew who was who yeah they knew whose house it was and right then this they knew the sisters everybody knew the sisters were going to stay there mm-hmm. so they knew who was there right Josiah's face was so mangled that his eyes were like destroyed to nothing. They That's crazy. They were just like not even there anymore. So what happened was, this is what detectives think happened.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the killer went went in allegedly. We don't know, but the killer must have went in straight to the parents' room to kill the parents. But they wanted to kill them quickly as to not wake the rest of the family up. hmm Um, I think I say this later on in my research, but everybody was asleep when they died. Nobody woke up. Um, so the killer had to be quick and precise and quiet. So, it is determined that the killer went into the parents' room and killed the parents with a blunt end of the axe he wasn't swinging it all crazy at first he just wanted to kind of kill him quickly so he like hit him with that the i mean Mm -hmm. the blunt end of the axe that's oh yeah gonna crush your skull Mm -hmm. so they think they went in killed everybody with the blunt end of the axe and then went back to the parents room and went at him with the blade side because the parents had blade marks on their face Mm -hmm. and everybody else was just kind of like bashed in Mm -hmm. i guess that sounds horrible but like it is horrible um so after he moved from the parents room killing them he went to the children's room which was right next to the parents room Mm -hmm. where herman mary catherine arthur and paul were sleeping and he
0: bludgeoned them to death as well so like in your notes right here Uh uh-huh Killer used the blade part on Josiah, but used the blunt end for everyone else? He, so used, when the, you said... he used the blunt end on everybody, mm-hmm. but
1: used the um, the blade part on Josiah and Sarah, which was the mother. I did, didn't put that in there, but it oh, was on okay. both parents. <clears throat> okay. Yes. Oh.
0: I was just curious because I...
1: Yeah. So, he used the blunt end on everybody... And the blade on Josiah and Sarah. Okay. Because they were the only ones that had,
0: like, slashes in their face. Right, right. That's what I was Cut asking. marks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody else's was, like... So the kids were just, like, bludgeoned. Yes. But how many times were they hit? Just that once? Or were no, they hit No, it was more than once. Times? Yeah. Well, did he hit with the blunt end that whole time? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Weird that he went back.
1: Yeah. So after the killer um, f- killed the children, mm-hmm. he went to the parents' room to hit him with the blade side.
0: Oh, Josiah is the dad. Josiah is the dad. Oh, I don't know why I thought it was one of the kids. No, My Josiah bad.
1: is the dad. Sarah is the mom. Gotcha. Yeah. So, after they, the killer finished killing everybody upstairs, they went downstairs to the guest bedroom and then killed Ina and Lena in the same way that he killed everybody else. Okay something weird to point out is he found or they found a four pound slab of bacon like from their ice box next to the axe in the guest bedroom weird which i'll talk about again in a second and it's kind they gross. think
0: that they were like hey i'm gonna steal some bacon while i'm here
1: no no that's not what they think oh oh okay no so, in, like I said before, investigators believe that all of the victims were asleep when they were murdered, except for Lena Stillinger. She was found sideways on the bed with a defensive wound on her arm, indicating she tried to fight back. Everybody was kind of found just laying in their bed like they were sleeping, but she was mm-hmm. found like sideways, like she was trying to get up or get at him. Lena's nightgown was also pushed up to her waist, and her underwear were missing, leading police to suspect that the killer sexually assaulted her or at least tried to. It was determined that she was not raped; nobody mm-hmm. was raped, but they said they s- said that something must have happened, yeah, or tried to happen. Mm-hmm. So there's a theory that the slab of bacon. This is going to be really gross. Oh, God. And I just, I was re-listening to Morbid's episode today to kind of refresh my memory, and it's where I'm getting this from. It is said that the slab of bacon was used for the killer to masturbate with after he killed everybody. And that's why it was found.
0: Yeah, moving on. That's all I'm going to say about that, because it's gross. Y'all know if I don't say anything, then... Yeah, she's shocked over there.
1: <laughs> so, something else that was weird. Um, before the killer left, he covered Josiah and Sarah's heads with sheets. And um, covered the children's faces with like pieces of clothing. Like, covered them up. And then... Like to lay them
0: to rest, kind of? I don't know.
1: Then they also went through the house and covered all of the mirrors and windows and, like, made sure all the curtains were closed and stuff. Well, I understand
0: the window part, but the mirrors?
1: Weird. Um. There's, like, a ritual. There's, like, a funeral ritual where, like, you're not supposed to look in a mirror after a funeral. Like, really? shortly after somebody dies because it's it's signifying like that you're gonna be next like you're gonna die next um so maybe that's well, why it he ain't happened to it. me yet <laughs> or maybe he couldn't look at himself in the mirror yeah yeah or something like that because he just killed people and he was
0: probably covered in blood right
1: so it's not really known why
0: yeah yeah no i get it do you and know where that ritual's from
1: i don't know i just i just know it's like an early like funeral, funeral not
0: ritual like but like a superstition type of thing During the Victorian era, families would stop all clocks in the home at the time of death and cover mirrors with fabric to prevent the spirit from getting trapped in or escaping through the glass. Interesting. I didn't know that. Like you said, um, in parts of Germany and in Belgium, it was long customary to cover mirrors with a white cloth because it was thought that if a person saw his or her image in a mirror after a death in the household, that person would die shortly. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if the killer was like...
1: Trying not, you know, in that sense, Mm -hmm. doesn't want to be next or just hiding from himself.
0: Doesn't want to be next or trapping the spirits Mm -hmm. so they can't get him or something. I don't know. It makes sense, though. I could see why people would do that. Another weird thing that
1: was found was a bowl of water um, was found with blood in it. And the police believe that the killer used this to, like, wash their hands off. Um, before he, they left
0: wash your hands but yeah <laughs> you're probably covered from head to toe right
1: so since it is 1912 there was no proper way of protecting the crime scene and it was a fairly small town so everybody was kind of interested and wanted to know what was going on mm-hmm. so By the time the police, the coroner, minister, and several doctors had thoroughly examined the crime scene, word of the crime had spread and the crowd outside of the home began to grow. Obviously, because it's the 1900s. Mm Mm-hmm. Officials told the townspeople to be cautious and not to go inside, not only because the crime scene was absolutely horrific and nobody wanted to see that, but to try and preserve it. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, as soon as the house was clear... Of like the bodies, yeah. Obviously, it's still a crime scene, but they got the bodies out. Um, at least a hundred people gave in and paraded through the bloody crime scene.
0: Even what is wrong with people, so, dude? They literally had no entertainment back then.
1: They even went so far; one person took a piece of Josiah's skull as a keepsake.
0: Like yeah. A, that's dis- i bet their fucking life was shit after that that's just dis- you. Yeah. literally take a piece from a fucking crime scene yeah. how do you think your life's gonna go you know what type ki- what type of bad energy that has on it like are you joking yeah like you better cleanse that shit and even then it's not gonna do anything it's bad voodoo bro mm-hmm. actually i wouldn't say voodoo because i don't know voodoo but bad energy
1: mm-hmm.
0: bad juju bad juju so obviously
1: we don't know much more about this case because mm-hmm. it is unsolved. Um, we still don't know who could have committed these murders, but there are a lot of theories, a lot of different suspects, so let's talk about a few. Okie dokie. The first person we're going to talk about is Andrew Sawyer. He was kind of a stranger in Villisca at the time. No one really knew anything about him. He was kind of obsessed with the murders and even went so far as to sleep fully clothed. In case he needed, like, a fast getaway. and but what if he always and, slept
0: fully clothed?
1: I don't know. <laughs> in case, you know, somebody tried to come in and kill him or whatever. hmm He also slept with an axe
0: by his bed. But what if he was scared after the crimes? Yeah. And he just, like... Needed to
1: defend himself. Well, I'll have an axe then. But nothing really... Like I said, nothing much is known about him other yeah, yeah. than that. He was um, interrogated, but nothing ever came about it. He was not charged. Another person we're going to talk about is Reverend George Kelly. Now, this guy is a little suspicious, okay? George Kelly was a traveling minister who was in town on the night of the murder. He was described as peculiar and had suffered a mental breakdown as a child. As an adult, Kelly was accused of peeping and asking several young women and girls to pose nude for him on multiple different occasions. Gross. He arrived in Villisca on June 8th, 1912, to teach at the children's services. Why are they letting this
0: man teach at children's services? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Dude. I I don't know. (laughs) It's giving, um, fucking weird. Yeah. So, he taught at the children's
1: services that the Moore family had attended on the night of June 9th. Okay. He left town between 5 and 5.50 a.m., On June 10th, just hours before the bodies were found, Kelly actually confessed to the murders in court, but the jury didn't believe him. What? Why would they not believe him? In the following weeks after the murders, Kelly wrote many letters to the police, investigators, and families of the victims. He was starting to become obsessed with the case. This raised suspicions, and a private investigator wrote back to Kelly asking for details about the murders. He wrote back with great detail, claiming to have heard shouts from the house and even possibly witnessing the murders. His mental instability made authorities question whether he actually knew details of the case or if he he was just imagining things and making it up. Yeah. In 1914, Kelly was arrested for sending inappropriate pictures to a woman who had applied for a job as his secretary. This man. He was sent to St. Elizabeth's Hospital, which was the National Mental Hospital in Washington, D.C. In 1917, Kelly was arrested for the Villisca murders. Police got a confession from him, but it was only after countless hours of interrogation. Kelly later recanted his confession. After two separate trials, George Kelly was acquitted for the Villisca Axe murders. And the funny thing is, George Kelly was left-handed. Which, I said earlier, they believed the killer was probably left-handed. So. Hmm. Interesting. Could just be a coincidence. Yeah. But, to me, everything everything checks out there.
0: I feel like... It would have had to been more than one person. Because if you're going in the bedroom and you're killing both parents. If somebody were to hit someone I'm laying in bed with with an axe. I would definitely wake the fuck up. And I'm See, a that's hard what sleeper. I was thinking too. And I am a hard sleeper.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And obviously if you wake up you're going to scream. Mm-hmm. And how are they going to get around the bed in time to whack you before you stop screaming? And then the kids would wake up.
1: Well, it was pretty small. I'll, I'll post pictures on our um, social media and stuff, and I'll show you pictures. But
0: I know, but again, even if it is that small.
1: Like, he definitely could have reached, like, if he's standing on one side of the yeah, bed, but he could have reached the other side
0: but of the But if you bed. wake up... And you see somebody standing over you with an axe. Your first instinct's gonna be to hop up out of that fucking that's bed. That's why it's
1: so. That's why this case is so weird.
0: Yeah. Well, at least my first instinct would be hop up out of the fucking bed.
1: But that's why it's believed that he hit him with the blunt end of the axe first. Because think. Okay, think about it this way.
0: If I still feel like I would feel dude, that in the bed.
1: If it's a big dude, which. It wasn't necessarily a very big guy. You don't guy. really
0: have to be a big guy.
1: No. Just big enough to swing an axe. Mm-hmm. And the axes aren't exactly... They're not light, but they're not I mean, they're definitely heavy. not
0: light. I've swung an axe before, yeah. and, bro, they are heavy. Yeah. They're not easy to swing. But even if... Especially if you're chopping wood, bro. Yeah. Anyways.
1: But even if he's not even swinging it hard, and just, like, letting gravity do the work and hitting him in the head with it, that's gonna fucking crush your skull. mm mm Or at least it's gonna give you a unconscious effect.
0: i don't but he was if definitely w- swinging it if yeah he would have to be swinging it just because you let gravity do the work and you let it go down
1: mm-hmm.
0: i don't think that's gonna knock you unconscious but to if, be honest with you if, i feel like your brain your head would obviously be hurting but i feel like in that moment your adrenaline mm-hmm. would kick in
1: well even like when he went to the kids' room i say he just because it's easier that way.
0: Majority of killers are men, so Yeah.
1: So even when he went to the kids' room, all four of their kids slept in the same room. And it was right next to the parents' room. Like they shared a doorway. Okay, you walk through one doorway. There had
0: to have been more than one person. I really truly believe that. There I don't know. I, re- I really think there, there was had more to than have one been person. because I, how? I there's no way. There's no way in hell. And there's I bet no there way. was more than one murder weapon. And they took the other murder Mm -hmm. weapon that they had. And maybe that bowl of water was them cleaning a different murder weapon. Like maybe they had two axes. Mm -hmm. And it was two people. But even then that seems like you're still pushing it. Mm -hmm. Because if the kids were screaming. Then the two girls downstairs would have heard that. Mm -hmm. So it's like I feel like there definitely would have had to have been two people. But maybe they only left one axe to try to like. Throw the police off. Yeah. And they clean the other axe with a bowl of water. Maybe it wasn't to wash their hands.
1: Because I can see, I can see the killer killing the parents without disturbing the other one. I could see them just going, bam, bam. Not obviously that fast, but you know what I mean. But I, I mean, cannot I, could, see, I could
0: kind of see that. I cannot
1: see the killer killing
0: four kids four in the kids same room
1: without any of them waking up. And no noise. I can't and it's quiet.
0: hmm
1: Because I mean the power's off. The power's out. It's ab- it's dead quiet mm-hmm. in this town. And nobody heard a thing. It seems very unrealistic
0: that yeah. it was only one person.
1: Yeah. It's all very suspicious We're gonna go on to the next suspect. Okay. Frank Fernando Jones. Okay? Mm -hmm. He was a Villisca resident and Iowa state senator. Josiah Moore worked for Frank Jones for many years before he left and opened his own store. Josiah ended up taking customers from Frank in the process to come to his own store, Mm -hmm. including a John Deere dealership thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Which was, as you know, John Deere. John Deere's pretty big.
0: Yeah, especially back then, I'm sure it was bigger. Yeah,
1: and for for this little farming town, Mm. for sure. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. So, Josiah was also reported to have been having an affair with Frank's daughter-in-law. But right. there was no evidence to back it up or anything.
0: That's just That could have just suspect. been the town, like, yeah. fucking put drama. drama. Yeah, they're always... They gotta create... Yeah. Realize this a hundred years ago. They gotta create the yeah. entertainment.
1: Literally. We got,
0: we got little computers in our pocket. They to entertain themselves That has somehow. all the fucking entertainment that we want and need. hmm They had to create that shit. What were they supposed to do? Kick dirt? Play with rocks? Yeah. Sticks? Some creepy-ass toys they had back then?
1: <laughs> they didn't have nothing. No. So people in this town insist that the Moors and the Joneses had a deep hatred for each other but no one thinks it was bad enough to want to murder the whole that's family that's what they always say it was just like a rival type thing like oh you stole my business now we don't get along yeah, but it but wasn't like, like oh,
0: i'm going to murder your family so i get my business back yeah cuz who's going to say that i, don't, I mean Not nobody the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying it always seems like they're like, I wouldn't murder anyone. Would you, though? Hmm. It's always the
1: murderers that say that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Another th- and the
1: innocent people.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Another theory was that Senator Jones, that we just talked about, mm-hmm. hired a man named William Mansfield to murder the whole, the Moore family. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing it himself, he hired somebody. So, nine months before the murders in Villisca, Similar cases of axe murders occurred in Colorado Springs, Colorado, Ellsworth, Kansas, and Paola, Kansas. I think I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. Other murders that could be linked are the axe murders along the Southern Pacific Railroad that happened between 1911 and 1912, so it's the same time. The Unsolved men of New Orleans and several other axe murders that, that was happening during this time. There was a lot of axe murders in this side of the US at this time.
0: That's really the only weapons they got, I guess. Yeah,
1: I guess. They were all similar enough to raise the possibility of having been committed by the same person. So they all have had similarities. So it is Gotcha. They could be linked, but it's like, uh, could they be It's pretty old, so it's yeah, kinda hard to link. It's kinda link hard it. to tell. Detective James Wilkerson in Kansas City believed william mansfield was a cocaine at ad- cocaine? cocaine 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 ad- at ad- <laughs> <laughs> what shit cocaine addicted serial killer he thought that mansfield was responsible for the axe murder of his wife his own wife wow
0: okay mansfield's wife mm-hmm. yeah i'm on this i'm on oh, the same okay yeah, I, I, got f- you. I just
1: worded it weird so he believed that Mansfield killed his own right. wife, not James child, Wilkerson's wife. Right, wife, child, father-in-law, and mother-in-law in Blue Island, Illinois, on July fifth, nineteen fourteen, which is two years after the Felisca case. Damn.
0: Yeah, because how the fuck did it follow them? Well, you said there were a lot of axe murders. Yeah, around. yeah. That would be some crazy ass karma. Mm. William Mansfield created did this murder. And then his family gets murdered by an axe murderer. Mm-hmm. But he's not the one, he doesn't get murdered. No. Yeah. So that's the sus part. Yeah. That's why he, I think that's why he, um, But that'd be some real Wilkerson fucking. Wilkerson thinks he did it. The real fucking karma right there, wouldn't it? Yeah. Bro. Back at ya. He also thinks. Reverse Uno. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally. <laughs> um,
1: Wilkerson also thinks that Mansfield was responsible for the axe murders in Paola, Kansas and the murders of Jenny Peterson and Jenny Miller in Aurora, Illinois okay wilgerson also stated that he could prove that mansfield was present in each of the crime scenes on the night of the murders each of the crimes were committed in the same way with the same patterns Did they all have bacon i don't think the bacon was part of it i think that was a one-off thing they i can't.
0: hope <laughs> <laughs> sorry so, to bring that back up but i was just yeah, asking gross yeah. i didn't know if that was a signature form or not but i really i hope don't not. i
1: hope not So, in each of the cases, they were bludgeoned to death with an axe, the mirrors were covered, the bowl of bloody water, and then, like, no fingerprints left anywhere at all. It was cleaned Hmm. up very well. Wilkerson said that Mansfield would have known to wear gloves to avoid leaving fingerprints because he knew his fingerprints were on file at the military prison at Leavenworth. Mm -hmm. And I tried to find out why his fingerprints were on file, and I couldn't find anything couldn't find anything about William Mansfield or anything he did. Nothing. Interesting. The only thing I found when I looked up William Mansfield is this. So I was like, I don't know why his fingerprints were on file at the ma- military prison. I don't know if he was in the military. I don't know if he committed some kind of crime. Maybe he was in the
0: military and then he went AWOL. What? Maybe. And then they had Killed to... his family. Oh, I just meant like he disappeared and then they found oh, him. Oh, yeah. And then he had to come back and yeah. go to prison because he... Tried to escape the military and not serve his duty after he signed the contract. Maybe. Something. I don't know. I couldn't find anything on him.
1: Wilkerson convinced a grand jury to open an investigation on Mansfield in 1916, and Mansfield was arrested and brought to Montgomery County from Kansas City. However, payroll records provided Mansfield's alibi and placed him in Illinois at the time of the murders. okay. But that doesn't mean he didn't murder his own family, right?
0: Or maybe he didn't do it at all.
1: Maybe a restaurant owner did claim that he saw Mansfield boarding a train near Felisca the morning after the murders. Well, so we all know.
0: But there's no cameras, so there's no can't prove it. Listen, we all know that human sightings are not always—they're nine times out of ten wrong. They're not a good source. No. Another person we're going to talk about is Henry
1: Lee Moore, who is not related to the Moore family at all. Mm-hmm. Just the same last name. He was a suspected serial killer who was convicted of the murder of his mother and grandmother months after the murders in Villisca. And what did he use to kill his mother and grandmother? An axe. And he, they were murdered
0: in the same way. Interesting. So, but, but I feel like maybe a lot of people had that same superstition. Yeah. The bowl of water, though. That is weird. Yeah.
1: So, next we're going to talk about Paul Mueller, and this is the last one we're going to talk about. So, there was a book written in 2017 called The Man from the Train, and it was by Bill James and his daughter, Rachel McCarthy James. They state that the Villisca axe murders were committed by a single serial killer named Paul Mueller. He was an immigrant from Germany and was the subject of an unsuccessful year-long manhunt as the sole suspect in the 1897 murder of a family in West Brookfield, Massachusetts, that he worked for as a farmhand. So he's wanted for this murder. Okay. He's on the run. Bill and Rachel did extensive research to determine that Mueller had to have been guilty of the Velisca Axe murders, as well as the string of murders that were happening across the U.S., killing at least 59 people in 14 separate incidents. That's crazy. The killer selected families who lived near railroad tracks, which is why the killer was suspected to have traveled, seemingly struck in ambush at about midnight while the victims were asleep, Used the blunt side of the axe rather than the blade to strike the victims in the head and face. He used an axe found at the victim's home and left in plain sight after the murders. Covered the victims with blankets to prevent blood spatter. Covered windows from inside the house and locked the doors before departure. In Mueller's suspected crimes, there was often, but not always, a sexual motive directed towards a pre uh, pubescent girl, as with Lena's being part- partly undressed. That's crazy. So, I really want to order this book and read it mm-hmm. and, like, learn more about it. hmm Because I think that, I think when um, Morbid did their episode, they read that book and said that it was a good book. Um, but they're, this author is pretty dead set on Mueller being the killer. Gotcha. And it makes sense to me. Yeah. Like, that makes sense. hmm But it's never been proven. And... They're all probably dead now, so. Yeah, that sucks. That is the end of my research for the Velisca Axe murder in Velisca, Iowa. I could have gone on for so much longer. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I have a tickle.
0: Drink your Dr. Peppy. <coughs> You're flat, Dr.
1: Peppy. I know. I could have put so much more detail into my research, but I really didn't want this to be a whole, you know, two episodes or whatever. I was trying to condense it down. I do suggest going and listening to Morbid's episodes because they go into a lot more detail than I did. um, And talk more about the um, different suspects and theories and Mm -hmm, things. mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that's all I got. I hope you enjoyed it. This case has stuck with me for forever. Mm-hmm. And I will probably have this on my mind until the day I die. I don't know what it is about this case. It's just like
0: There's some cases that really stick with brain. you. Yeah. Kirsten was very interested in the axe murders.
1: I don't know. I'm interested in the unsolved murders. I'm very interested. in unsolved mass murders like this.
0: I am very interested in religious cults. That's one thing Mm, I'm mm -hmm. very interested in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I think every true crimer just has different things that they're like, their main interest is like these cases and what they're about and like Mm -hmm. things like that.
1: But I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope um, you were not bored to death.
0: Nah um we're entertaining right
1: go leave us a rating and review we would really appreciate it Y'all. follow us on all of our social medias the link will be in the show notes
0: follow us where you're listening come back yeah we're usually pretty good about posting episodes twice a week it's just we've had a weird couple of weeks the the weeks that we have missed have been a little weird yeah. so it's yeah. just a weird time it's not usual so um, yeah yeah also
1: we still are putting stuff on our patreon um it's going to be linked in the show notes there's always stuff on there um there's different tiers i think the the cheapest tier is like three dollars um we'll shout you out on an episode or you can get your episodes early i even made a whole discord if you would like to join the discord and chat with us directly right now the only people you're going to be chatting with on Discord is us. <laughs> yeah, because we're the only people on there. I want people on there. I spent so much time on this Discord, and I don't know if it works right. Because nobody's on there.
0: Don't get on there eventually. Don't worry, girl.
1: Um, I think that's all I got for you. Thank you for listening. Bye.